Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast, the place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Goulden from the Emerging Markets Strategy Team here at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Saad Siddiqui, also from our Emerging Markets Strategy Team. Saad, thanks for joining. Hi, good to be here. So there's a lot to unpick today, given the changes in the incoming data and market moves that we've been seeing over the last few weeks. Maybe just as a re- recap and as a run into this, so far this year, we've been acknowledging a changing data picture in what we still consider to be a late cycle investment environment, given the extent of US monetary policy tightening that, that likely leads to a recession in uh, house forecasts. And that probably gives us a cyclical base case anyway. And this is somewhat of a tactical investment window, we've thought. But in this, a lot of scenarios for the future look like they might be possible. Uh, obviously, January started with markets focused on growth upside in the data and inflation that looked like it was moderating. And that gave very strong returns, actually, to start the year. We peaked at Uh, about 6% in EM local markets and just above 5% in EM sovereigns um, for for January. Uh, But really over the last three weeks or so, those returns have mostly been erased. Um, In these discussions, we've been acknowledging that growth upside. uh, Early February, uh, we have been adding a bit more in terms of hedges, given what we felt was some over-positioning and over-extended valuations in EM, both in in spreads and in the front end of rate curves. Uh, And to that end, we've been describing different phases, really, of of this outlook, a near-term pullback, which we we felt uh, could be coming in the short term, maybe a more benign period that's going to follow after that. And then uh, as we get even later on, we need to start really focusing on those late cycle risks. Maybe that's for, for later on in the year. So, That's really the run into this. I guess that's generally how we're still seeing things, but we really need to discuss whether this more uh, benign picture, and particularly around some of the data uh, that's been forcing us to reprice um, terminal Fed funds, is is changing any of that. So, Saad, let's start with the data and really what is it in the last few weeks of data flow that has been causing uh, emerging markets to wobble and pull back? Well, the wobble has been less about data that's been coming out of emerging markets and more about what's been happening in the US and uh, more generally uh, about the path of global data. So the proximate trigger um, was has been the repricing of the path for US monetary policy and that was driven really you know, by the stronger payrolls that we had uh, for, for January. We had an upside surprise to January CPI inflation as well, and there were some historical revisions uh, to the upside. Um, and then you know, more recently, we've had a bounce in global PMIs as well. So that string of strong activity data, uh, you know, it adds to the sense that global growth is um, getting further support. We already had a China reopening that we've talked about over the past few weeks as being something that's uh, supportive for global economic activity as well. So at face value, you'd expect stronger growth data really should be something that's uh, positive for risky EM assets. But I think the mar- what the market is concerned about now is 
a sense that monetary policy in the US could be tightened uh, even further, uh, and that would be a drag for risky assets. So that dynamic all feels a little bit uncomfortably like 2022, where good data was bad because of the monetary policy implications. Should we worry about that now for EM assets? I think we're more likely to see a light version of 2022. Let's call it 22 light rather than a full-fledged rerun. And that's because, you know, despite seeing stronger data over the last few weeks or so, things are different from, from 22 uh, in, in quite a few dimensions. So first of all, you know, the, the problem that central banks will be facing are, is potentially stickier inflation rather than a rapid surge of inflation, such as what we saw uh, through the course of, of last year. And that's a significant distinction. Because when inflation was surging very rapidly, we didn't really know how high it would get and where it would end. But now I think the sense is it's a lot more bounded. Um, number two, you know, we've already seen a big adjustment in monetary policy uh, across the globe. We've seen it in the developed markets. We've seen it in the emerging markets as well. And central banks are no longer as behind the curve as they were um, now you know, versus uh, at, at the beginning of, of 2022. And finally, we're now beginning to see some signs of more synchronized support for global growth. Whereas last year, it seemed that uh, you, know, you had more of a US overheating story that was dominating and emerging markets were really struggling to, uh, to, to, to grow. So having a more balanced global growth outlook, I think also makes this quite different from, from 22. So to wrap it up, I think you might see some um, uh, you know echoes of 2022 in the price action, but it's really unlikely for us to see uh, a full-on repeat uh, of that type of environment. But it does feel when I, I sort of think about the journey for us and for markets over the last uh, you know three four months or so, like the range of scenarios that we're discussing is is expanding rather than contracting, and higher terminal US rates certainly feels like one of those scenarios. Is is that the way you're seeing it? Yeah. So it's interesting that in client conversations now, we can talk about a hard landing scenario, a soft landing scenario, and a low no landing scenario uh, in one in the same sentence. And it almost feels like those probabilities are pretty evenly distributed across uh, those types of scenarios. I think the market has uh, has not really made up its mind about what's the most likely outlook here uh, in the coming few quarters. And in some sense, it's going to feel like you know all we're going to play out all four seasons in one day um, because the data can lend itself to supporting any given narrative um, you know as 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 things stand right now. Uh, but to put in perspective, look, I think over the last few weeks, what the market has done is basically gone from pricing what was probably the most optimistic scenario of a soft landing whereby the Fed would swiftly stop hiking rates uh, in the next couple of meetings, and then it will be able to cut uh, rates gradually without having you know a big uh, and sharp, severe slowdown in growth. That seems like what we were pricing. 
And I think we've basically priced that out now. And um, uh, how how uh, the market reacts to, to, to data in the coming few weeks, I think will really be dependent on the guidance we get from the Fed as well. Um, so the next Fed meeting, I think, will be quite important. Uh, that's in about one month's time. But before we get there, I think we are probably likely to uh, to see echoes and shades of all these different scenarios play in, in price action in, come, in the coming few weeks. Got it. So if we think about EM rates to start with and, and what's been quite a big pullback in some of our interest rate markets, um, to what extent is that also just a function of the starting point, some overvaluation, maybe particularly at the front end of these curves uh, in the way they were pricing monetary policy in EM? That's right. So if you if you look at what markets were pricing in for a number of EM central banks at, in, at the start of, of February, we had extreme inversion at the front ends of yield curves. And that was basically pricing in that most optimistic soft landing type of scenario. Um, and since then, we've seen two-year swap rates in places uh, like Hungary, Mexico, Colombia, Chile, all have sold off by more than 50 basis points uh, in a very short period uh, of, of three weeks. These were the markets that generally were the most inverted and we're pricing in the most uh, rate cuts uh, over the next um, year or two. But you know, a, such a big correction at the short end of yield curves in in a short space of time is already quite large. And you know, my sense would be that absent any fresh catalysts, um, these sell-offs at the short ends are probably likely to to fizzle out. And and does some of that data run that we've seen with better growth data and uh, in the US and in some emerging markets, some upside surprises on the inflation side. Does it warrant us changing the more constructive stance that we've had on EM duration and, and local bonds in emerging markets? It is true that inflation surprised to the upside in several emerging markets over the past month, but I don't think we should lose sight of a trend which is still pointing to disinflation in the months ahead. Now, that trend is not going to take place in a straight line, and we will see some punctuations such as we saw last month. But you know, in, in our judgment, um, I think the right strategy here is to be constructive, uh, medium term on local duration in emerging markets on the view that many EM central banks have already come to concluding their hiking cycles inflation will be coming down, they'll be normalizing at some point and, and rates are not fully reflecting that. But at the same time, I think it is worth having very selective hedges at the short end of yield curves where you have excessive inversion or where the rate cuts really um, depend on everything uh, taking place uh, to, to perfection. Um, and we mentioned some of those, those earlier. Um, a long duration view here, I think, also has positive convexity in a late cycle environment. So if you think about those, those scenarios where you have a sharper slowdown in growth, whether you have a hard landing or, or something that's you know, more like a soft landing, um, you know, you'll get at that point uh, kind of more uh, aggressive rallies uh, in, in rates and monetary policy could be eased much more 
uh, swiftly in those types of scenarios. So I think you have that uh, asymmetric risk reward still favoring being long rates here. And I think the recent correction also opens up entry points um, and more attractive levels in some of the markets that we've highlighted in the past, such as Mexico, uh, Brazil, and South Africa. Yeah, that that right way cyclical risk certainly feels like uh, it distinguishes the EM rate markets. Um, but let's turn to EM currencies, where actually performance has been somewhat differentiated, although mostly weakening versus the dollar. Uh, some notably South African Rand, Korean won, etc., have had some reasonably uh, sharp moves. Although Mexican peso stands in in a somewhat lonely group of cu- currencies which have done well. Uh, how are we looking at this move versus coming back to that 2022 template for the way EM currencies generally sold off against the dollar? So I think this more differentiated price action is consistent with the 2022 light environment that we sketched uh, a little bit earlier. Now, unlike rates, which have at the short end of the yield curves fully unwound all of the gains made over the last few months, that hasn't happened in FX. So even though currencies have, um, you know, sold off the overall magnitude of that sell-off, I think has been a bit more modest than what um, one might have expected given not only did currencies have to contend with um, the sell-off in, in rates and the repricing of of the short end of the U.S. curve, they also had to contend with the fact that as a starting level, we were highlighting uh, we were in short-term technical overbought conditions. Um, so I think all of this points to uh, an environment where I think currencies are probably a little bit more resilient uh, than they were last year. We have uh, a more supportive global growth environment. That's important. There's greater confidence, I think, in in central bank reaction functions to any inflation shock. So the hawkish 50 basis point hike we saw in Mexico um, at its in in this latest meeting, I think, is is testament to that. And that led to a significant outperformance of the Mexican peso. You know, longer term, the U.S. dollar is also looking a bit more overvalued now. Uh, so all of those things, I think, um, build in uh, a kind of a more a supportive environment for EM currencies than we saw uh, last year. Tactically, I do think some caution is warranted. Um, I think the markets will want to see some more stability in U.S. rates before they really look to go out and um, you know chase any EMFX carry trades uh, in earnest. But on the credit side. Um, Johnny, we have seen some spread widening um, taking place. Um, It's been modest so far. Uh, But do you think this is the beginning of a larger late cycle repricing? That's, you know, something we've been on the lookout for for the past few months. Yeah, so... The way we talked about it, I, I guess, over the last weeks and, and months is that credit had been due some kind of pullback, um, given expensive valuation, certainly in EM sovereign credit. Uh, we'd seen large spread tightening and increasingly overweight positioning. And, and certainly we've been trying to adjust some of our views uh, in the direction of expecting uh, a, a bit of a pullback here. What we've seen so far, I would say it's something uh, it's not nothing, but it's certainly not large. We're talking about moves of 
20 to 30 basis points for, for EM corporates and sovereigns. Uh, and it certainly doesn't feel large in the context of the tightening that we had seen uh, since October in this, this relief rally. Uh, I think for EM sovereigns, maybe we have a bit more to go in terms of um, repricing here. Um, but this does feel in the way we judge it, more like a pullback rather than something more than that. So it deserves a bit of hedging and position adjustment, um, but not yet the wholesale rethink. Um, I, I think when you look at it, what's happened is there's been uh, quite a lot of decompression of high-yield sovereigns, which had really performed very well uh, and maybe overperformed. Um, and I think a bit more of that can go on as this repricing in the front end of the U.S. rates curve plays out. But as that is getting increasingly priced, I would think that the growth data does lend some support still over the coming months. And we sort of get into this second phase uh, of a, a, a more benign period, which is going to follow this pullback. So a pullback, probably not the big cyclical widening um, that we see ahead. I think that's going to come really as U.S. data uh, rolls over more rather than because of the stronger data that we have seen recently. So I think that's something which is likely ahead and probably not the move that we are seeing right now in the way that we judge it. And that brings us to the end of this JP Morgan at any rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast. Thanks to you, Saad, for joining today and thank you all for listening and we hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content. For more information, including important disclosures, 2023, JP Morgan Chasing Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 23rd of February, 2023.